Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. How are you today? You having a good Thanksgiving week? Hey, we got it right here. Call a friend. Tell them we're on there. We got news and stuff right after this. I did it. I had my plum party yesterday, at least a, a short one. <laughs> I don't have time. What's a plum party? Oh, you've heard about it. Stands for poor little old me, P-L-O-M. Why, Greg? I'm telling you from going to court for the grandkids and my wife is sick, took her to the doctor, then took her to the hospital, uh, bronchitis, and then the other kids started, and I had to take the other kids to another doctor, and yep, same thing, bronchitis. I thought, why is everybody sick but me? Why can't I be sick, Lord? <laughs> I knew right then. What are you saying, Greg? I'm falling into a plum party here. Poor little old Greg Patton. It didn't end. I mean, shopping and fixing supper and all of that stuff. Been to one of those plum parties lately? Oh, you have? Well, you know what I'm talking about then, right? Thank you, Lord. I have so many things to rejoice about. Help me as I break the Patton's 11th commandment, thou shalt not whine. I do it, even though I tell others not to. It's a great life if you don't weaken, my friend. This is the day. This Tuesday is the day the Lord hath made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. What in the world is going on? Well, later on in today's devotion, I'm going to be talking about telling the truth. Here's another story. A member of a Maryland task force aimed at combating hate crimes published numerous anti-Semitic social media posts, including claiming that those babies that were murdered, their heads cut off, brutally murdered October the 7th and the Hamas attack, they were all fake and comparing the nation of Israel to Nazi Germany. This is what we're dealing with in America today. Zanib Chaudhry, an anti-Israel activist who serves as the director of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, the Maryland office, made the post in the weeks following the attack by Hamas, which saw more than 1,400 people killed there, including children and babies with numerous rapes and destruction of property, and all of that. I will never be able to understand how the world summed up rage for 40 fake Israeli babies while completely turning a blind eye to 3,000 very real Palestinian babies. Where is my gun? This insidious cancer is everywhere, beloved like a bizarre and infinitely improbable nightmare so many america's young people today are praising 9/11 terror mastermind osama bin laden and justifying al-qaeda's horrendous mass murder of nearly 3000 americans in 2001 and what is going on like with this woman why are they doing this because they read bin Laden's recently publicized letter to America, or more likely they watched and listened to countless influencers on the Chinese TikTok praise the letter and attack America. And what is the bottom line of all of this? Disseminated widely to America's next generation, this garbage, courtesy of America's most formidable enemy, 
the Chinese Communist Party, which controls TikTok. Americans deserve mass murder and mayhem back then, just as Israel did recently, because after all, the United States has attacked us in Palestine. Shortly after, Hamas terrorists fired over 5,000 5,000 rockets from Gaza into Israel that day and then proceeded to attack the Jewish state by land, sea, and air, torturing, burning, beheading, murdering all of those people. The world's reaction has been in its own way almost equally shocking. This is what happens when you get away from God and try to run your own world for after the biggest one-day mass slaughter of Jews since the Nazi Holocaust, what followed has been an outpouring of celebratory demonstrations, unbridled Jewish hatred, deliriously gleanful support for Hamas, and bitter condemnation of Israel and the United States of America. How in the world can this be happening? Red alert, the bad guys are planning something. The leadership in our Air Force in North Dakota has sent a text message to service members there and warned them, warned them of the dangers of being near a downtown rally that's featuring a, a speaker from, oh, this is horrible, from a pro-Trump organization. Leaders, please exercise caution. If you're downtown this weekend, reads the text. From the Minot Air Force Base personnel, we used to have people in our church that were a part of that for so many years. They, they were stationed out there. Anyway, they add that anyone who was thinking about going downtown should be careful and reach out for any concerns they might have because this awful group is holding this rally, these Trump people. It issued the November 17th event dubbed the Dakota Patriot Rally at the state fairgrounds and the text warned personnel to be cautious if they were in the area, especially because some of those rally-goers could be confrontational to the military. Good grief, Charlie Brown. It's just, oh, I've had my say here. Well, most of you know, working on our new book coming out next year, The New America, A Flood of Evil. This could be a 1,000 pages well, I was going down through every area of our life today, talking about politics, the government, entertainment, church, how wokeism is affecting lives. Here's a good one. There's an internal memo being circulated now among lawmakers by Senate Commerce Committee Republicans highlighting how the Biden administration is tying billions, that's a B, billions of dollars in taxpayer money to woke initiatives. The memo, first obtained by Fox News, was sent late Monday evening and spearheaded by Commerce Committee ranking member Ted Cruz from Texas, who is planning to author legislation that would prohibit the Department of Transportation from tying federal funds to left-wing priorities. It particularly targets DOT's management of three grant programs that serve as key vehicles to fund various types of service transportation projects nationwide. What? Yeah, the Biden administration tying highway funding to woke priorities. So what are you going to do about that road problem there? Your money went over here. 
billions upon billions of taxpayer dollars meant for infrastructure tied to woke initiatives. It's a part of our new book coming out in June, I guess, of next year now. Yep, The New America, A Flood of Evil. It is everywhere. What would my grandma say? What would my dad say about this America? What else is happening in business news? Toyota, usually positive messages coming from them, but the U.S. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has ordered Toyota Motor Corporation to pay $60 million in a settlement for ripping off customers with shady loan schemes that increased their monthly loan payments by preventing them from canceling product bundles. As one of the best-selling automobiles in the country, the antics unfortunately affected so many thousands of customers. One more part of the New America. Concerns about certain crimes are at their highest level in decades in this country, causing Americans to more and more isolate themselves from their communities. According to a new poll, the spike in fear comes as violent crime has decreased nationwide, while property crime has ticked up, according to the FBI. A recent Gallup poll found that 28% of Americans worry frequently or occasionally that they're going to be murdered. <laughs> really? That was a November 16th news release. That's a record high. The Gallup poll surveyed 1,000 adults between October the 2nd and the 23rd and has a margin of error of plus or minus 4 percentage points. Meanwhile, half of U.S. adults said they worry their car is going to be stolen and broken into. 37% worry they're going to get mugged. 32% concerned about getting attacked while driving their car. Maybe road rage. We just had that. In fact, it was on video last night. Two cars going down the road, slamming into one another. They stop in the middle of the road. Guys get out. Those fist goes this way and... Bullets fly that way. It's awful. Well, I continue to express my concern about artificial intelligence. Who wouldn't? Can be used for good, but certainly could be used for evil. This probably wasn't the kind of AI revolution that OpenAI's board hoped for. After CEO Sam Altman was forced out Friday, 700 of the 770 employees signed a letter saying they're going to go out the door with him. Meanwhile, The Verge reported that Altman's move to Microsoft wasn't a done deal, and the company's chief scientist saying that he regretted his role in that firing, and now they have to change their minds. They want to bring this guy back. And this is a real-life, real-drama situation here. We're not talking about some office dispute like Taco Tuesday. No, the board has kept mum on the specific reasons behind Altman's firing, it was reportedly rooted in some deep philosophical rift on how to safely develop artificial intelligence. And that is the rest of the story. So if I use the word choiceful, what does that mean? Many CEOs are using that, and they say the, the term really goes back to the 16th century. Chief executives at Walmart, McDonald's, Starbucks, and 15 other major companies are using that word now, choiceful. What in the world is that? They're embracing the word, which means having many choices to describe consumers and the economy in 2023. Okay. 
We've been talking about it, that over the hill through the woods thing to Grandma's house. <laughs> our place, Grandma, is going away to our son's house. The TSA estimates, however, that 30 million people are going to fly around Thanksgiving. 49.1 million expected to drive to their celebrations and 750,000 going to hop on a train, according to the New York Times. But some of those plans may get washed out or delayed by big storms brewing in the eastern U.S., severe thunderstorms developing in the south, heavy rains expected in the southeast and mid-Atlantic. New England may see snow by tomorrow. And there you have it. Happy Thanksgiving. Living in today's world. Here's one of those stories that I just shake my head about and then sometimes say things like, why? Jeffrey Holt was an unassuming kind of guy, caretaker of an old mobile home park in Hinsdale, New Hampshire, where he lived a, a simple, very simple life. Residents would see him around town in threadbare clothing, riding his lawnmower, heading to the convenience store, parked along the main road reading a newspaper or watching the cars just go by. Eccentric old dude. He did odd jobs for others but rarely left town despite having taught driver's ed to high schoolers. He'd given up driving a car and he opted for a bicycle instead and finally got the mower that he rode around in. His mobile home in the park was mostly empty of furniture, no TV, no computer, nothing. The legs of his bed went right through the floor. Poor guy, but he seemed to have what he wanted and he really didn't want much, said Edwin Smokey Smith, his best friend and a former employer. But Holt died earlier this year, 2023, and he had a real secret. Holt, here's that why thing, was a multimillionaire and he gave all of it almost $4 million to the people of his community, 4,200 of them. His brief will instructed the money to go to the town of Hinsdale to benefit the community in the areas of education, health, recreation, and culture. That's something. And they thought he was just short of being homeless. Multi-millionaire. And finally, who said that? And I do this every year. Black Friday, it's coming. Because only in America, people trample each other to death to get sales exactly a day after being thankful for all the things they already have. Of course. And I was talking to the bathroom scale this morning. After stepping on it, all I could say is, liar, liar. Some of you said that you set your scales back 15 pounds on Wednesday night. <laughs> Why not? Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this important message. Well, again, I'll go back to what I said earlier as I whined about all the stuff I had to do for everyone else yesterday. You know what? It really is sad to take that attitude. Why? There are some people who don't have an opportunity to share with anyone, to help anyone. Maybe they're physically unable to get out and help anyone. Yep, God's got it all under control. He's not going to put anything into your life that you cannot handle, my friend. 
Continue to pray and ask God what this day might hold for you. And maybe it's a divine interruption all day long. That's okay. God will make up in another area, my friend. It is such a blessing to be saved and serving today. Way back when I liked it, at American Television Panel, a program called To Tell the Truth. I wonder how many listening remember that program. There were four celebrity panelists, and, and there were three contestants, and only one of those three was the real thing. Oh, it was a great program, and the whole idea of the show is to fool the panelists, of course, and they would lie about this or that, what they had done, and only one of them was telling the truth. And the other two were, oh, they were always good. <laughs> I seldom figured out the real one myself. So you're a Christian and you have a heart for the things of God. I wonder if I could figure you out. I think this will work for Life 101 as we continue on. It's what God sees behind the facade, the outward behavior that determines the extent of his blessing on your life. We're talking about the heart again today. King David, he wanted his son to pay very careful attention to that. In the New Testament, we read how Jesus saw through the outward shows of religion and affirmed the importance of a right heart when he condemned the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. You are the ones, ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but, oh, God knows your heart. That's Luke 16, 15. Jesus always looked at the heart, and then he found the real person. I ended yesterday's show asking about your heart. What would we see if it was opened up? Christianity is by necessity a religion of heart because only out of the heart comes the wellsprings of life, if Proverbs 4.23 is true, and you know it is. God calls people to turn to him with their whole heart. Salvation is received when we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 10.9. When scripture bids us to pray, it asks us to Pour out our hearts to the Lord, Psalm 62, 8. Modern preaching today puts an overwhelming emphasis on works and different forms of external worship, really. But a real spiritual revival has to begin in the heart. Notice the kind of heart in which God is drawn to is seen in Samuel's words to King Saul. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him to be leader of his people. That's 1 Samuel 13, 14. God's search for a king ended when he found obscure David and his very special heart. But what does it mean to have a special heart, a, a heart after God? This is the most important subject, I think, for all of us to consider today because it speaks to who we really are and to what extent God can use us for his glory, and he wants to do that. A heart out of tune today, a heart out of sync, if you will, with God's heart will produce a life of well, barrenness, missed opportunities. It's not going to be a fun life. But as we ask the Lord to bring our hearts into harmony with and submission to his heart, you're going to find a secret of blessing that has remained the same throughout all generations. That sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, I want that, don't you? An illustration here, a pastor shares his heart. The Sunday night service I'll never forget started as an unusual series of events I never could have imagined. 
We were prepared to serve communion to the congregation, and I was looking forward to preaching the word. In addition, a young couple, some gospel singers, came out of Nashville, Tennessee, and were prepared to sing for us that night, but none of that ever happened. While we were singing the praise songs, an extended time of free-flowing worship began somehow. As people poured out their adoration to God, an awesome sense of God's presence filled our auditorium. All of us were overwhelmed as rivers of deep and deeper praise ascended from our hearts to God. All sense of time just seemed to disappear as we came into the presence of Almighty God. Nothing seemed to matter except worshiping God at that hour. Revelation 7.17 says the Lamb is at the center of the throne, the one who is worthy to be praised forever. It seemed as if wave after wave of God's glory rolled over us as we stood or sat or knelt before God there in that church service. As I looked over the congregation from the platform, I realized that God was doing a special work by His Spirit. A kind of divine surgery, if you will, was going on as worship and praise mingled with petitions and intercessions. Conviction of sin, it was very strong. That always happens when the Spirit of God manifests His holy presence among His people. To stop or hinder what was going on seemed like a terrible grieving of the Holy Spirit, so so I never even took an offering that night. Somehow the bills would have to wait. I just couldn't interrupt the wonderful way in which God was working with the lives of people. The service ended hours later, and the people were still kneeling or sitting quietly before the Lord when I left the auditorium that night. Now, this is a true story, and I wonder if you've had anything happen like this in your church as of late. So much of the world has entered into our lives. It's just hard to imagine. I was thinking about Marvin Troyer. He's going on to be with the Lord, but he was a pastor here in the Fort Wayne area at Good News Baptist Church in Cherubusco, Indiana. He was a great preacher, and he was so excited about the Word of God. He talked about a meeting that was held just down the street from where we live right now on Anthony. There's a Concordia High School, and there's a field down there. They play their football games and run track, and that there was a revival that was there for, what, maybe six or eight weeks. And Marvin, as a, a young teenager, he hitchhiked or walked miles and miles to get to that meeting every night. It went on for seven days way back then. And I know there's pockets of that going on in America today, but a meeting of Almighty God in such a way that people just hang in there for hours and are lost in time. That's pretty exciting, my friend. I know that I can have a revival, an individual revival, if no one else does. We talk about a a national revival in America, don't think that's going to happen. I might be wrong. How about your church? When's the last time you had, not just in name, you had a real revival? And then on an individual level, you. When's the last time you and God got together in a special way and you could only call it a real revival? Something to think about this Tuesday. And finally, I've got some questions about my neighbor. He just uh, came over and told me Walmart is giving away free turkeys. I said, really? He said, yeah, to anyone 
who can outrun security. <laughs> I guess Aldi's is doing the same thing, but you're going to lose that quarter if you don't stop and put your card back. <laughs> yeah, I've got good reason to question this dude. Huh? Hey, it's that's it. I've, I must say for another day, join me on Facebook, please. Greg, Jerry G. Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. It's so good to have you here. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support, which for some of you includes finances. We are blessed. And that's the way it is for Tuesday, November the 21st, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless. Have a great day.